I just lost everybody. Was that because of my internet or, or is that from uh, is it a problem on my side? I can hear you and see you. We, okay. We're still here and we see you. Okay, so Bezrat Hashem, we won't have any other, other issues. Okay, so, so uh, this week we are continuing on the Har Chakot between uh, man and wife when she is in her nidah status. Um, just to recap, we found two basically ideas behind these rabbinic prohibitions of harchakot. One of them is that might actually involve physical contact, and that might be a problem. And the second is it might cause certain hirhurim, certain lustful uh, um, uh, thoughts, and that we want to, to stay away from. So because of those two possibilities, Chazal instituted certain barriers. And we are going to look at a few of the barriers, uh, finish up a few of the barriers uh, today. And please, God, also discuss an interesting uh, topic regarding when one spouse is ill um, as a couple. Um, well, perhaps when the couples get older, it, 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 uh, it might not be um, so problematic because uh, a, a woman has gone into menopause anyway. So, so that. But in theory, uh, you could have a spouse who is uh, is ill, and then the question is, can the other spouse um, care for for the spouse? So, so let let's begin. The Gemara in Shabbat Yud Gimel tells us, Is it possible that a woman who is a nida can sleep in the same bed as her husband, completely clothed, uh, and they're not going to have any relations? And the Gemara, we've seen this Gemara, so I'm just going to. Uh, go at the end. The Gemara says we can. The, the, from the pasuk, you can see that there's a connection between uh, one's neighbor's wife and one's wife when she's a nida. So just as obviously it would be prohibited to sleep in the same bed as uh, someone else's wife. So too is it prohibited to sleep in the same bed as one's wife when she is a nida. And this is Paskin Halakha Lamaikse in the Shulchan Aruch Yeradeh, Kufsad Yehei, Lo Yishan Ima B'mita, Apilu Kolechad B'vigdo, Ve'ein Nogin Zebezeh. Even if it's a very big bed and they're not going to touch each other, it is prohibited to sleep in the same bed. The Ramah adds, Ba'afilu Yesh Kolechad Matzah Bifne'atzmo, even if there's different linen, you know, take a big bed, put different uh, sheets on. Now, the Ramah adds something very important. Even if there are two separate beds, but they are touching one another, that would still be a problem. This is the psak um, of the um, of the uh, of the Ramah, which is basically. Uh, accepted by even uh, even the Svardim. Rav Ovadia says it's right, and then he says it can't be, and then he adds This is quite interesting because here you have Rav Ovadia Yosef who is usually very, very particular to follow the Shulchan Aruch, here he's adding the din which was quoted by the Ramah. 
And so even Svarim have this thing. However, he says, Ulam, im hifridu et amitot zomizov yesh revach benahem kolshu. If they separated the beds even slightly, a, a minimum amount, that would be good enough. Yesh lakel. Vamachmir laniach revach kadol tavo ala bracha. Someone who wants to make a big separation that, you know, tavo ala bracha, that's not meikaratit. The Pitchei Tshuva deals with this concept of separation of the breads. How far do they have to be? And says the Pitchei Tshuva, Ha'olam no'agim k'stimat l'ashon ramad, b'chol inyan t'nogim zeh b'zeh asur. As long as the beds are touching slightly, it's a problem. Aval be'fresh kolshu ben mital mitamutar. Any minimal amount between beds would be permitted, especially in a certain uh, small uh, um, bedrooms in Eretz Israel in Kolel uh, uh, flats. You know, you literally you can fit maybe two beds, and, and that's pretty much a slight separation. There's no uh, there's no place to put even uh, even something uh, of of substance in between. So according to Karadin, there's no problem. The Mordechai Rav Mordechai Eliyahu adds that uh, in his opinion. Me'ikar adin, when it means that they're not touching, it's even the beds, even the sheets, meaning like the duvets, the blankets. Me'ikar adin tzarich la'achik et amitot shelot igena hasmichot, even the blankets. Ve'ra'u'i la'achikan kach shelo yuchlu abav ha'isha lingoa echad b'sheni al yedei hoshatat yad toch kedei shena. So here, the dark etara is telling us that although it's not me'ikar adin, one should ideally have a separation of uh, 20, 30 centimeters, something of that nature, so that if a limb, an arm would fling out uh, during accidentally during the night, wouldn't come to touch uh, one spouse. This is not Me'ikar uh, Adin according to the Rav Malachaliyah, but uh, this is the ideal method. According to Rav uh, Vosna, he says like this, <clears throat> Now you get beds where, especially in Israel, where they're catering to the religious community, they have a, a bed frame, uh, which is joined at the top like a, a, a headboard, and but the two beds are separate. So is that permitted? Says Rav Shmuel Vazna, Vadai lahalacha shari. Mikradin, Vadai, it's permitted. Kevin Shinifradon, in the end of the day, the beds are separate. Aval miyatsim shalol asot ken. However, he suggests not to do such a thing. He agrees. He suggests not to not to have such a uh, such a frame. Another uh, common question is: Okay, so you've got the two separate beds, um, the bed for the for the the wife and for the husband. Can they use each other's beds? Here the Shulchan Aruch says, in your day, again, that a husband may not sit on his wife's bed, even if she's not in the bedroom. And the Pitrei Tshuva adds, If she's not in the bedroom, maybe not even in the house, it would be permitted. But if she's not around at all, according to the Pitrei Tshuva, that would be permitted, perhaps because she is so far away, there'll be less here, Hurim. Um, 
and uh, that's the psak of the pitre chuva. But if the, if the wife is around, one cannot sit, one definitely cannot lie on her bed. Now, this was only lichora, um, regarding the husband. What about the wife? I, can the wife um, sit on the husband's bed? So look at the dark etara, the uh, um, uh, the the Rav Mordechai Eliyahu tells us lo yeshev habal mitam yuchedet liisha afilu shelo befanea v'kol sheken asul lishkov lishkav omitata. So a husband cannot sit, definitely cannot lie on his wife's bed, even if she's not there. Isur ze mechashash lihirhuravera. Now this whole prohibition is based on we are worried about lustful thoughts. Interesting, we are more concerned about the a, a husband's lustful thoughts as opposed to a woman's lustful thoughts. And therefore, this prohibition is specifically on the husband and not the wife. But to lie on the husband's uh, bed is still problematic. What's the problem? If the wife is lying on the husband's bed, we're concerned that the husband is going to have lustful thoughts. So if the husband's around, it's a problem. Because he might see her and have thoughts. The... The Tarat Abayit, I Ravavad Yosef over here, uh, he is Michael. He says, As long as he's not in the not present, but if he's in the you know, if he's in the house, it would be permitted. Now, the Shire Shemita lady uh, discusses a case where husbands and wives swap uh, swap beds. So, in that case, but that, that's really not such a common case. So let, let's move on to the next case. What about sitting on a couch? Can one sit on a couch together? So here we, we're not talking about the bedroom, we're just talking about um, sitting on a place together. And here there theoretically could be two problems. Possibility number one is you might come to physically come in contact with them. Uh, possibility number two is that perhaps this is, uh, is causing some type of intimate um, setting which might also cause lustful thoughts. So we're going to have to look at this halacha more carefully, but uh, the Mordechai quotes <clears throat> uh, the Tzafnat Paneach. Now the Tzafnat Paneach is also written by Nachron, the Rogachova, but this is obviously an earlier Sefer Tzafnat Paneach. B'Shem Rashi. So it was a Talmud of Rashi. She'asur le'shev al kiseh aroch ha'she'ishto nida yoshevet alav. Rashi brings down that it's prohibited to sit on a very long bench. Now, why would it be prohibited if it's very long? Perhaps Rashi is concerned that ultimately they might come to touch each other. Or there might be something else uh, involved here. Explains the Ramah. The explanation over here uh, is basically what is the problem? The problem is a physical contact. 
but not only physical contact, even if you can feel movement because of one's wife, that is also problematic. So if the bench is a swing and would be moving, that would be very problematic. But if it's mechuberet, if it's connected to the wall, etc., um, that would be okay. And again, if the concern of Yah is physical contact, as soon as you have someone in between, we don't have to worry about it. <clears throat> now, this uh, din um, of not sitting in a uh, not sitting on the same chair was Lichora brought down by the Ramah, meaning that the Shulchan Aruch never necessarily accepted this. Minag of or Chumrah of Shitat Rashi. However, Ramorcha Eliyahu says that Svardim have accepted it. And according to them, it would be, uh, according to Ramorcha Eliyahu, just as Ashkenazim would be prohibited to sit on a chair that you can feel the movement, so too for Svardim, the same thing would uh, would apply. However, Ravavad Yosef argues, Ravavad Yosef basically says that since even if it's moving, uh, right? As long as they don't touch each other. Why? Here again, Rabbi Yosef is going according to Sakshuchana Ruch. This Khumra of Rashi was never accepted by the Shuchana Ruch and by the Svardim. Shevet Halevi. Rav Vosna says, "V'safsalim kveidim v'chazakim, you know, hard, uh, uh, heavy, sturdy benches. Sharim yoshvim berichuk zemize, berak bochim letayel yesh osrim bechol gavna." So yeah, Rav Shmuel Vosna is adding something that we haven't really seen. He says, "Look, according to the Ramah, if the bench is connected to the ground, it's, it's a sturdy bench. There would be no problem." However, now says the Rabbi Shevet, the Shevet Halevi, this is all true if it's not in a certain setting. However, if it's in the middle of a park and you're alone, etc., and this is a, a, a setting of some type of intimacy, so here there is a problem. I.e., we're always looking at both elements. There might be a physical problem of contact and there might be a certain... Uh, um, setting ambiance that is created that could be problematic and according to the shiral eshevet halevi that would be problematic in these uh in these cases um so now uh if you if you look at uh rashmo shlomo levi the rosh kolel of uh yeshivat haritzion moriba rabbi he wrote the sefer uh, shari ora uh zachiti uh, to learn Yilchot Nida from uh, from Rav Levi, and his his sefer Shari Ora, he talks about a more common case, and this is couches, cars. What happens in in these scenarios? So he says as follows: uh, four lines in. Kayom hasapoten chazakot. Generally, couches today are quite sturdy. Yosheval sapai no mezizim mishekvar yoshevalia. And uh, someone who sits on one side doesn't uh, necessarily move the other person. So they can sit on the same couch as long as they're not sitting close together that they might come to touch each other. 
Rav Mordechai Eliyahu says, when you get in the back of the seat, the wife should get in first and then the husband, so that the husband doesn't feel the movement of the wife. Okay, let's, uh, let's go to the next topic. The Ramah, talking about this idea of creating an ambience, the Ramah says, person Person's going for a stroll in a quiet park. Uh, this is to be prevented when she is a nida, according to the Ramah. Now, this is this has led to a lot of literature um, because today people go on their family trips or forget family trips. They're, First of all, family trips is not a problem because you're not just going with your wife. But let's say you want to book a uh, you want to book a, a, a getaway with one's wife. And today, well, maybe not in Corona times, but pre-Corona times, you would book six months in in advance. You wouldn't book uh, to get on a plane, uh, you know, based on when the last time the wife went to the mikveh. You can't plan it like that. People have worked; they have to plan ahead. So what do you do in these cases that, you know, you have to plan ahead, you have to book six weeks, uh, six months in advance. There's a good chance that one's wife might be a nida during these, um, during these getaways. So firstly, <clears throat> if we already quoted Mori Verabi, Rav, Rav Shlomo Levi, he suggests that he thinks that it is preferable for a woman to take Emsa'e um, Minya to delay her period um, and, and, and not to go into these situations where she would, uh, where she would not be a nidah, he thinks that that is preferable, even if one is generally machmir, uh, not to take uh, uh, um, preventative uh, pulls, etc., not to fall pregnant. He feels regarding this issue, that is preferable. That is preferable than going on a, on a honeymoon where, where the couple or basically she's a nida, he thinks it would be problematic. Um, but he suggests this, uh, this solution. Um, and, and, you know, today with, with uh, the medications that are available, that is, that is doable. Even if a woman doesn't take medication, she then, you know, a lot of women do not like taking pills due to the hormones involved. But if it's, if it's involving just a once off as uh, just to delay a period, or so by a week or so about 10 days, uh, he suggests that this is the optimal solution uh, halakhically to get around this problem. Okay, let's, uh, let's skip, uh, skip to the another, uh, another topic. And that is, um, what, what can, how careful does one's wife have to be when she is a nida in terms of uh, being around her husband? So this is based on a famous Gemara in the Darim Dafchat. The Gemara says, Rabacha Barabi Yoshua Omer, Shai Omer, Kolat Sofebenashim, Sofo Bada Lidei Avera. Person who's looking at a woman will ultimately come to sin. And a person looks at the heel of a woman, uh, he will, you know, he'll be punished with the children um, that will not be uh, acted in certain ways. And Amar of Yosef, this also prohibition of looking at a, a, a woman applies to one's wife when she's a nida. Now, <clears throat> what are we talking about when we said looking at a woman inappropriately? 
So the Gemara said before, uh, her heel. What does that mean? So here, when we said the heel, that was a euphemism. And was referring to Makom Ha Tinofet. Basically, it was recalling to a woman's private parts, the area of the genitalia, which is kind of opposite uh, the area um, that we are referring to. So that's why the Gemara used the Lashon Nakia, used a, uh, a clean language uh, instead of referring directly to the genitalia, was specifically referring to um, uh, the heel. But really, the intention is. Uh, the genitalia. Now, it, it doesn't necessarily mean genitalia. It could mean makom shall erba or makom shemachuse. Let's see how the Beit Yosef understands this. Velo yisakel ba'akevala v'mlom velo makomot ha'machusot mimena. The tour understood it as erba. It means places that are generally covered by, in a, you know, a woman generally covers those parts. So the Afalgab says the Beit Yosef, the Amarei Shlaki Shata Mayakavah Makomat Toref, that's Machloket Girsaot, Makomat Inofet, Makomat Toref, Klomar Hakev Makomat Genege Makomat Toref, Mashmel Rabbeinu. However, the Torah understands, Kola Makomot HaMechusim Sheba. It includes all covered areas, meaning that this is already explanation of the Gemara based on the tour. It meant all covered parts. Nevertheless, the Bashar Makomotain Derech Lechasotan places on the woman's body that she doesn't generally cover. A husband is permitted to gaze at his wife. And the proof is because a woman is allowed to get all. Uh, 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 dolled up and dressed up and put on her, her jewelry. Why? There's, we still want a certain level of affection and a certain level of kirva between husband and wife to the extent that Rabbi Akiva said and, and, and said that the Chachamim before him misunderstood the Salacha. A husband is allowed to gaze at his wife and there should be a certain level of affection. Um, it says explicitly lahabit, right? He's getting benefit. He's enjoying. Nevertheless, since ultimately he'll be able to um, <clears throat> prevent himself from taking it further because ultimately he will be able to be with his wife in the future. Because of that, uh, it is permitted. And has accepted the opinion, which is accepted halacha, uh, pretty much not just the tour, but it's not focused on the makom ha-toref, but really any covered parts. Says Ramah, so the Ramah is just telling you, you can get benefit, can get hana from looking at the wife, how beautiful she is. Now the question comes up, uh, what, how do we define something that is covered? Right? 
So it says Rav Ovadia Yosef, for example, however, Mikomakom, Ain Leso Rak Makomoche Derechaisha, Lechasotam Gam Keshi Levad Babait in Baala. Only things that she usually covers when she is at home with her husband. But things that she doesn't usually cover when she's at home with her husband, only when she goes out in public, and based on that, explains in the footnote, a woman at home who doesn't wear a head covering, obviously certain women never to uh, 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 uncover their hair. This is generally more the Hasidic practice. Um, uh, I'm not sure how uh, how common it is in non-Hasidic uh, circles, but let's say a woman, most women don't uh, do cover their don't cover their hair at home, uh, just in front of their husband, etc. Even when she is a nida. Um, this is also the opinion of uh, <coughs> this is also the opinion of Rav Sobolovsky quoting Rav Moshe Feinstein, and uh, he basically says that if a woman wears short sleeves in her house, then that would also be also be okay. Uh, however, Rav Bosna and Rav Mordechai Liyahu basically say that no, uh, the hair of the woman is considered an erva, and therefore, since a woman, a woman who's a nida is considered an erva, Sorry, my internet connection. You know what? I'm going to change places. Maybe my internet connection will be better. Excuse me. Just going to try and find a better internet connection. Um, okay. Hopefully, we will um, cut off any. Let me just share my screen. Okay, so we have a machloket between Ravozna and Ramorachai Liyaw on the one hand, basically hold that an Isha, when uh, a wife, when she is a Nida, cannot reveal her hair to her husband, as opposed to uh, Moshe Feinstein, as we saw uh, Ravavad Yosef, um, Rav Tzvi Sobolovsky, and other poskim basically saying that uh, there isn't a problem if that is her usual way of um, revealing herself to her husband when she's not a leader. Okay, we now get to the next stage of uh, our Gemara, um, of the sugya of household uh, specific activities. And the Gemara in Masech Tubot, Samachalev, says that Amar Av Yitzhak Bar Chananya Amar Avuna, Kol Melachot Sheyisha all matters that a, a wife does for her husband, a woman can do for her husband as well, other than diluting the cup, we'll see what that means, 
making the bed, and washing his face, hands, and feet, or perhaps running the water, or giving him the water to wash his hands, uh, face, and feet. Explains the uh, Gemara further. Making of the bed, there's only a problem in front of him. If it's not in front of him, it's not a problem. The diluting of the cup. Now, the diluting of the cup, the Gemara seems to be talking about when she was giving him wine. Classic case, when we talk about Mizigata Kos, in the times of the Gemara, they had very uh, potent wine that needed to be diluted, and people liked it in different strengths. So a woman basically knew how she, it's like, you know, when you make people coffee today, you know, some people like it strong, some people like it weak, you know, so you know how, I don't know how, and my wife likes her coffee, she knows how I like it. There is a certain level of, uh, uh, of familiarity, maybe affection in making this drink. This is also a problem. Shmuel, Shmuel's wife would basically serve his cup with her left hand instead of her right hand. Abaya's wife would put it on the top of the barrel. Rabba uh, Abisidria and and Rabba's wife would place it on the pillow. And Rapapa Ashar Piva, right? He should place it on a bench. I all doing some type of shinoi uh, in order to still permit it. So let's see how we pass in halacha ma'aseh regarding these three issues. Halacha number one regarding pouring. Says the uh, says the cannot pour for him something, a cup. Says the Rama, in front of him. Unless she does some type of shinoi, she doesn't pour it in front of him directly, she gives it to him slightly uh, at a distance. Etc. And we'll see that this is the common problem when one makes kiddish. How does one pass the wine to one's wife? Right? Um, but here the Ramah is telling us that if you don't place it in front of it directly, but you put it slightly away, that would be okay. Or other other shinuyim uh, yad yamina, etc. Now the Tarata Bayit Yosef says. What type of, if we just go to the second paragraph here, it says like this, Isur mezigat hakos eina elem mezigat kos shel yayin. Chebre, don't get mistaken. The Gemara was talking about not pouring any cup. One, behind without kikro mezik hayayin b'mayin. And not just one, it's only one that needs to be diluted. However, says Rabbi Vadia, that basically to, for a woman to pour her husband a cup of wine today, take a caramel, tavor, whatever it is, wine and pour it for her husband, no problem. Because there, there's no dilution involved. Furthermore, if you want to make another cup where you do dilute it, it's all not a problem. Making coffee, serving coffee, according to Rabbi Vadya said, pretty much today's time, this whole halacha is not relevant. I mean, I, I, unless you've got some type of homemade wine that, you, that you're diluting. But other than that, this isn't a problem, says Rabbi Vadya said. 
we the, uh, Ashkenazim generally are much more machmir on this halacha um, and and don't uh, don't necessarily take uh, the kula of the of the Rama, uh, sorry, of the Rabbi Yosef, especially when it comes to wine, uh, there should be a shinun when passing it to one's wife. So after making kiddush, uh, generally um, don't place it directly in front of the woman. Uh, that would be uh, acceptable, as we saw. Okay, another another distinction: making of the bed. So here we saw the the Gemara said one of one of the activities that is prohibited is for a wife to make her husband's bed. Says Tosvot, that is basically spreading of the linen. That was more affectionate. But basically arranging of the pillows, that is that's not considered Shari, that is permitted. And the Shulchan Aruch adds a word <clears throat> when he explains the Tosvot, or maybe we just didn't bring it down in this Tosvot over here, but he gives an explanation of the distinction. He says, meaning that it's a, it's a lot of effort to put on the, to arrange the pillows and arrange the blankets. I think, I don't know, personally today, to put the sheets on and fight to get it over the corners, that's a lot more of an effort than, uh, than uh, arranging the, the blankets, but, but I'm not sure. Um, um, but, okay, so that, that is what the Shulchan Aruch uh, uh, Paskins. Um, now, according to the Darketara and Rav, uh, Rav Ozna, uh, this applies even... Um, when the husband is not present in the, we said that when he's not, the Gemara said when he's not there, it's not permitted. What does it mean he's not there? He has to be out of the room. According to Rabbi Vadi Yosef, he just has to turn around. And that would be enough to be, to make it uh, permitted. Right? Um, but now, the Gemara only talked about one way, going from the wife to the husband. Can the husband make the wife's bed? So says the Mare Kohen, he cannot make her bed in front of her. Right? Now, Mordechai Eliyahu has a leniency of here. He says, just, you know, pulling over the sheets or just smoothing it out after you wake up, or after a person gets out of bed, that would be permitted. Even to do it for one's wife uh, or vice versa would be permitted. The third activity that we saw was washing husband's face, hands and legs. So <clears throat> the Gemara understood it, or literally if you understand the Gemara, it sounds like she was actually washing her face, which is very difficult because she's not allowed to touch it. So the Rishonim explained, no, it doesn't mean that physically washing the face. It could mean pouring the water for him to wash his face. Let's see how the Shulchan Aruch uh, um, rules and, and brings down the Salacha. Asura If you notice, the Shulchan Aruch over here is, is basically saying she's forbidden to pour water 
or bring in water. Remember, in times of Zohanarot, basically they had to fill up a bucket, bring it to, to uh, in front of the husband, and then wash. And then there was a second action of washing of the face. So the, the, the Gemara was actually referring to even bringing the water to him is a problem, drawing the water, whatever it is. Even if it's cold water, that would be a problem. So based on this, it would be a problem basically to run the bath water, run one's, uh, the bath for one's wife um, or, or vice versa, right? And that, that's basically accepted as a problem, uh, pretty much standard. standard. Okay, let's finally just get into the final topic of Harchakot, which really leads us into um, perhaps a whole world which uh, perhaps we'll discuss further on when we get to Eben Ezer, and that is the Isur of Nagia. So in order to understand the question of if one of the, uh, one of the spouse, one of the couple are ill and needs to be taken care of by the other spouse, you know, lifting them up, uh, on the bed, you know, lifting the pillows up and, and, and moving things. And it's obviously going to be involved a lot of touching. Is that permitted or not? So before we can answer that question, what exactly is the Isur of Nagia? Uh, and, and how do we define it? And we find that there is a famous machloket between the Rambam and the Ramban. And I suggest uh, for those who have the Sefer to read the essay at the end of the Shir where it goes into a very detailed understanding of the machloket between the Rambam and the Ramban. And this has very, very huge nafkaminas, not only for our share of Hilchot Nida uh, over here regarding six spouse, uh, but what about a woman puts out her hand? Uh, she doesn't, you know, not necessarily knows that you are uh, from, and she puts out her hand. Are you allowed to shake her hand? I was in, I was, in uh, I was shopping yesterday, um, and I bought a bottle of wine, and there was an Arab a woman who was the uh, tiller. And when I brought the wine to the till, um, so she said, you, uh, you know, you run the, the wine through the till. I, I, it took me a second to, to understand that obviously as, a, as a, a from Muslim, I didn't know this, but obviously she's not even allowed to touch the wine in a bottle. So, uh, you know, these things often people just don't know, uh, don't know what the other person is expecting. So in that case, I didn't know that it was a problem for Muslims to touch wine. So, you know, after a second, uh, I, I ran the wine. But often many people um, don't know that it's a problem to, to shake hands, especially Goyim don't know this. And therefore the question would be, they put out, a woman puts out her hand, are you allowed to shake her hand or not? So let's see, between the Rambam and the Ramban, and let's see if we can get to some type of understanding of the sugar. So says the Ramba. There is a problem of intimacy with one of these arayot, even though we are not talking about uh, uh, actual uh, sexual relations. Kagon, chibok nishuk, i.e., hugging and kissing, and any action which is an act of uh, licentious, uh, licentiousness. 
והוא אמרו יתעלה בעזרה, איש איש אל כל אשר בשרו לא תקרבו לגלות ערווה. הרמב״ם ברינגס הפסוק. Now the Rambam bringing a pasuk implies this is uh, pretty straightforward according to the Rambam that hugging and kissing and all of this must be an The Torah is telling us The Ramban says on this Rambam The, the, the Rav referring to the Rambam is basing himself on a brighter, but now to, to depend, uh, place your words based on a brighter, that's a pretty, uh, um, that's a pretty good source. It says Ramban, and he has a long discourse in this Ramban where he proves from many sugyas that the Rambam's understanding is incorrect. Um, and I, again, according to the Ramban, yeah, um, many of the later commentators of the Rambam have defended the Rambam, the Ramban's claims against him. So, but the Ramban says from the Talmud, according to his understanding of many sukkot that we're not going to go into, according to the Ramban, this is not an Isudorite that one should get lashes for. What could it be? So, there are also different explanations of how to explain the Ramban. But the Pashtas is that according to the Ramban, it's an Isud the Rabbanan. It's an Isud the Rabbanan that the sages uh, uh, place upon us. Now, whether we hold it's an Isud or whether, whether we hold it's an Isud the Rabbanan, obviously it's going to have huge practical ramifications. Bimkom Tsar, Bimkom Choli, Bimkom in a place of embarrassment. So perhaps the machloket between the Rambam and the Ramban perhaps will guide us as to what the halacha should be regarding uh, the question that we posed a, a few minutes ago. Number one, a sick spouse. And number two, a woman puts out a hand, are you allowed to shake it or not? But before we uh, get to a conclusion regarding that, we have to look at another Gemara. And the Gemara would say in Sanhedrin Aydala, the famous Gemara, Amr of Yochanan, the sages came finally to a conclusion. Any person, any of the mitzvot that someone says, look, if you don't do the Savera, I'll put a gun to you and I'll shoot you. You rather do the Avera. Other than the big three, Avodah Kilo Arayot, and Shvichutamim. Now, the Gemara then talks about a second category called Avizrayu, Darayot. Now, Avizrayu could be an accessory or a uh, uh, some type of offshoot from the major prohibition. So, if we're looking at the Erba, what is considered an Avizrayu? Now. The Beit Yosef taking those two ideas and putting them together. Idea number one, that according to the Rambam, Chibuk Venishuk is an Isidoraita. Kissing and hugging is an Isidoraita. Idea number two, that there's this concept of Yareg Vali Avor applies to the prohibition of Gilo Arayot. Gilo Arayot not only has Gilo Arayot, but there's something called Avizrayu, accessories of Gilo Arayot. 
having all of that kind of uh, uh, background information, let's see what the Beit Yosef, Rabbi Yosef Karo in Kutzari Hay discusses. He says as follows, the Trumat Adeshen said in the name of a great sage, that a woman who is a Nida, but she's sick, and her husband happens to be a doctor. Okay. Might be in, uh, so what would be the, the case? Not even allowed to take her pulse. Now, this Shabbat of the Ramban is interesting because he saw the Ramban was, was a Michael. Um, if I remember correctly, I think that this might actually be a Shabbat of the Rashba that is mistaken in the name of the Ramban. I have to check that out. Uh, but if not, there's also another, another way to understand the Ramban over here. Um, Ramban might be, now that I'm remembering, I think it's the Ramban could say, even if the Ramban holds that it's only an Isidur Rabbanan and bin Komcholi, he might be Makel in the case of a spouse where there is an added element of intimacy, etc. Maybe Chazal were Machmir regarding a spouse. Um, so that might be an answer to the Ramban. So he says, Mio imacholi mesukan. Now look what the Ramban says. The Ein Sham Rofim and the Ein Rofim Mashmaksat Midvarav Tashari. That it would be permitted. And why would it be permitted? Because again, according to the Ramban, the whole Isur is an Isur the Rabbanan. So if the whole Isur is an Isur the Rabbanan, why Lichora would we be Michael? So Lichora, well, why should we be Machmir? So we could be Machmir because we say that regarding a spouse, even the Ramban would be, would be Machmir. But the Ramban would be machmer only where there's another option. Where there's no other option, Vada'i would be permitted. But then look what the Beit Yosef says. The Ramban is going according to his opinion. That the whole prohibition is only Midi Rabbanan. And therefore, when there's no, one, no other option, one can be made. But regarding the Ramban, the Negiyah Erva Asura that erva is from the Torah, and we said that there's something called Yosef. And again, he's saying this in the name of the Rambam. The Rambam never said it. He is suggesting that this is Shitata Rambam. Efsha, the Asur Mishum the Have Abizrayu the Gilarai. So here the the uh, the Beit Yosef is basically play, putting together two sugis. Sugi number one, we know that according to the Rambam, Chibuk Venishuk is an Isudoraita. If it's an Isudoraita, it could be fit into the categories of Arias. We know number two from the Gemara in Sanhedrin that there's a concept of Avizraya Darayas. And therefore, even though, uh, and, and we know Yarek Ba'aliyabar, so they might apply also to Avizraya. And because of that, even for Pikuach Nefesh, one couldn't touch, uh, one couldn't help one's wife touch her thing, according to the Shit of the Rambam. Says the Shach, the Shach argues completely with the Beit Yosef and says, even according to the Rambam, certainly this would be permitted. Re, says the Shach, and this is in Kuftzadihei Sidkat and Chaf, 
the vadai apla rambam leika isudoraita. Even according to the Rambam, there's no Isidoraita. The Rambam only said that touching Kibuk, Venishok, etc., is an Isidoraita when it's Derechiba. So here, when a person, if you're not doing a Derechiba, then it's only Midrabanan. And Bimkom Chodi, even the Rambam would say it's permitted. So he doesn't understand the Beit Yosef Shita. He doesn't understand the Beit Yosef Shita. Let's see what the Dark Moshe said. What happens if Salichora, in a life-threatening situation, according to the Shach, even, uh, even the Rambam would agree, definitely according to the Ramban, and pretty much that's the accepted opinion, that, you know, there's no question, one can touch one's uh, wife, one doesn't have to be, uh, one doesn't have to be, Mahmoud. we'll see later on what the Maram of Rutenberg says about uh, people or Mahmoud regarding this. So, okay, that's all. Pikuach nefesh. What about not pikuach nefesh? Stam, one's, uh, one's spouse is got a stomach bug, they, they're bedridden, they're feeling very uncomfortable, uh, they just, you know, need you to prop them up or whatever it is. Says the Dark Moshe, the Efsha Lishamesh Ima Bechalia Adkan Lishon Chumata Deshe. So, <clears throat> in the case of her illness, so uh, here the Trumat uh says that it might be easier. The there seems to be a question of the but when the, the man is sick, then it's then we more Michael. Let, let's see this dark emotion. Um yeah. The dark emotion says, Vani Matsati, the Mordechai, the Zelo Shono, Katab Haram, Maram Rottenberg. Or Tanchen is a rin miliga benashoteni dot kushen holot, Zeu Hasidutsha Stut. So Pilet Klein. Yeah, we're talking about the Maram of Rottenberg. We saw according to Beit Yosef, even in the case of Pikuach Nefesh, he felt that according to the Rambam Mapiasur, the Maharam is talking about Stan, Noshot Polot, not necessarily a din in, uh, a din in Pikuach Nefesh. He says, this is, uh, this is Mami Shachumra. How do we pass it? Bottom line. Isha Chola Vahinida, Asur Balani Gaba Kedele Shamsha. A husband cannot even take her pulse. Any, any type of touching would be out of balance. Says the If the woman is sick and no one can help her, it is permitted. And this is in He adds, but it needs to be something serious that she needs it. Um, <clears throat> Now, what happens if the husband is sick? Says the Shulchanach. Im hu chole, ve'en o mishi yisham shen azulata, muteret l'shamsho. Yeah, she can touch it. Rak shetizer biyotesh educhal, me'archatzara panav, yadav, raglav, atzat mitab b'fanav. So basically, she can tend to him, but she shouldn't do the actions that the Gemara said uh, explicitly not to do, if possible. What does the Shach say? The Shach explains, 
when he is a chayle, the Hebrew Ashari. Why? They came in the chole who That's why I was getting a bit confused from the dark Tara, the dark Moshe, you implied the opposite, because I remember the Shach. The Shach basically says that when the husband is sick, it's more lenient. It can be more lenient. The husband's not going to have any lustful thoughts because he's not in the right state of mind. He can't even physically uh, um, come to, to these things. However, now we're in a problem. And that is the Chumat Adeshen that we saw before. However, according to the Ramah, he didn't accept the Chumat Adeshen. He said that basically if the woman is sick, even if the husband is okay, if there needs be, one can, uh, one can uh, help one's wife. Now, what happens if, let's say, you can get help, but you have to pay for it. What do you do in such a case? So here it says, Rav Vazna, Peshut, the Rabbi David ben Zimra, the Rav Vaz, Katav, Shabal Chole, Midina Shari L'Shamshu. If the husband's sick, so definitely the woman can tend to it. So she doesn't have to pay someone. When she's sick, here the husband should even pay someone to tend to her and not tend to her himself. However, and this is also the Daikitara, who basically says, um, but if you know, they've got financial constraints, then don't worry, you don't need to lend money, you don't need to borrow money, you can uh, you can uh, deal with this issue. Okay. Um, all right, we'll end there for today. Uh, there is an interesting uh, addendum of the year, and that is reciting Zvarim Shabiktusha and touching things. It's interesting, but no real halachic ramifications. Uh, for today's time, but is, uh, this is many of the sources that discuss regarding women uh, dancing with the Sefer Torah on Simcha Torah. This uh, page 201 is a makor for a lot of the Stugyot. Okay, so Bezrat Hashem, next week we'll start with the laws of uh, Tefillah and Chatzitza, etc. Okay, have a good day. Kol Tov.